Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 48 of the Off Topical Podcast. We are one day away from our one year anniversary as a podcast. Raven, what do you think about that, my friend? That's awesome. I wish I had some of those like little like party things, you know, so I can like spin them and make all the noise. And then, you know, have those little things where you like, you, you pull the cord and then confetti goes flying out because that's really what I need in my office is confetti everywhere. Oh, yeah. Confetti would be great. <laughs> this episode, we are talking about uh, Gnome's 3.34 release. Uh, we're also talking about Hello Games supporting Linux, but in a non-traditional kind of way. Also, uh, Nintendo is suing another ROM site for invi- uh, for copyright infringement. All this and more today. All right, so before we get started on this episode, uh, Raven and I have been talking about uh, some of the things that we would like to see uh, in the Linux community, um, specifically software that is either not meeting our needs or uh, just doesn't exist on Linux. Uh, We'd love to know what you guys think about this. So we're going to have an actual uh, thread on the forums where you can go over there and let us know what you think. Um, What software is missing in your Linux productivity world? We'd love to know your thoughts on that. All right, the first story today is GNOME 3.34, uh, codename Thessaloniki. What do you think about this, Raven? It has a crazy codename. That's what I think of it. Um, it was named after the, uh, the the town where they held Guadec this year. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, but as far as what I actually think about it, you know, honestly, I'm a little impressed. Yeah. I am a little impressed. And everyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about GNOME. Raven impressed by a GNOME release? <laughs> I know, right? It's like the front headline, you know? <laughs> that's um, that's going to be the that's going to be the headline, yeah. <laughs> honestly, you know, I, I don't care too much about Epiphany or whatever the browser is, is it, or web, isn't it called web? Well, the when you go or to whatever. launch it it's called Epiphany, but yeah, it's it's called web. Oh, okay. You know, I'm not really too concerned about that because Firefox is still king. I mean, it's great that they're making yet another WebKit thing, but meh. Well, Web yeah. is going to be the primary um, browser in in uh, PureOS on the Linux 5. I know. I wish it was Firefox, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Um, I also like the improvements to uh, Box. Yeah. Know, their virtual machine manager. Thing. It doesn't it it's like a front end for QMU or whatever, right? Something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like front end for QEMU. Yeah, which or, is really nice because it allows yeah. you to easily configure things like KVMs and all that other sort of stuff. Which is kind of a godsend, honestly, because that's the worst part about QMU is setting all that crap up. Yeah. It's actually really nice looking too. I, I I'm a I'm a huge sucker for the uh the GTK three style. I like it. Oh, Oh, we know. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, and then you now have um, their uh, the 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 update to games. I yeah. really wish they had better names for some of this stuff. It's just calling yeah. it games is kind of well, like their uh, naming is, convention is to just take a, a noun and name the app a noun, usually just a single word. Which I'm not a huge fan of, but I can understand the the simplicity that they're going for with that. Right, yeah, which is basically just a front end for various emulators that it downloads. That's yeah. literally all it is. 
It doesn't it's, expose all the features, though. Like, you have to go in and edit some stuff manually if you want to fully expose all the features for some of them. Right. Now, granted, I haven't used games that much, um, but, like, I wouldn't want to play, like, a PlayStation 2 game where, like, you have to tend to tweak stuff quite significantly. Um, but for NES and SNES titles, that pretty much work out of the box. Yeah. And it is pretty cool getting, like, you know, the old box art in, you know... Um, your your applications launcher for like little games i actually like that part that part's really cool yeah i really like games but like like you said i mean there's a there are a few issues where you have to actually set stuff up uh in order to get games working yeah, like outside of games like, right why don't they ex- like okay maybe start with like one one system and then every release you know add more exposed features but maybe someone's getting to that who knows you know yeah well i mean like yeah. like here they've added support for multiple save states which wasn't supported before and yeah. uh, at a certain point i think games is going to reach uh, a critical mass where they're just going to have enough of the features that you need to actually get stuff configured and, and get games running out of the box yeah, because, uh, like, LibRetro does way better, or RetroPie, you I'm, know. Like, I'm pretty sure LibRetro is what they use as a backend here. Yeah, but they don't expose all the system settings as far as I've... Well, at least not when I last used it. Right. Like I, yeah, I don't think that they are doing, It's like, very streamlined. It's very streamlined. Yeah. It, which isn't necessarily isn't, a bad thing. Right. There isn't, like, a whole configuration menu for each different uh, emulator that's part of LibRetro. So yeah. you're going to have a couple problems... Uh, getting like you know if you want to set up uh, the uh controller you can do that and it's kind of like an overarching controller design like you set it up once and then it's going to try and apply them for all the different emulators which isn't quite ideal um so being able to like configure things i could be wrong about that actually do i have games installed i do i'm pretty sure whoops no i'm just gonna like go off on a tangent hold on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> preferences controllers yeah yeah it looks like you only set it up once i don't know if you can actually set it up again like for mm, different yeah. emulators and that yeah. should be something you could customize but and that's kind of my problem with it honestly like yeah. that's one of the bigger things like there's not enough customization and quite frankly, when we're dealing with emulators, particularly if you want to do anything outside of the NES or SNES or Game Boy world, you know, particularly, like, when you start hitting, like, PlayStation 2 games and stuff like that, mm, no, you kind of want, uh... <laughs> you you kind of you want to be able to, you know, tweak your settings. Yeah. Because no matter how stout of a machine you have, if you don't... If you can't tweak certain things, you can get graphical glitches and stuff. So. Yeah. And that's, like, my big problem with, like, PlayStation 2 emulator in general is, like, every game almost requires custom configuration. Do they Unless have you run a the PS2 emulator part of Libretro? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Really? I didn't game know that. Game supports PS2, so, yeah, it should be if they're using Libretro. Yeah. I mean, they're just downloading PC, PCSX2, so, I mean, it's not, oh, you know. It, it hasn't had a stable release in, like, almost three years, uh, but I actually just updated the other day because... I wanted some updates and it fixed a lot of problems and it runs a lot smoother, which is great because I was running the 2016 version and uh, I was playing an old version of Madden. I was like, you know what? You know what? I actually enjoyed this game when I was like 14 years old. I think I'll uh, I'll play it for a little bit. And Mm. I did. You know what's hilarious? Getting off into it. Speaking of tangents, 
That version of Madden has more features than Madden 20, which I find just to be absolutely hilarious. That's funny. And it has less microtransactions, too. Less microtransactions? And the gameplay's better. It has more gameplay features. Dude, more <laughs> gameplay features. It's on the freaking PlayStation 2! Yeah. Now, in fairness, you know, I have the PlayStation 2 version, but I actually played the Xbox version, which was superior, but whatever. Yeah. There were a few golden ages of gaming. Um from from me like the golden ages of gaming were 2007 when like bioshock and and portal and stuff were coming out like that was oh yeah perfect and you know um and then you had like the ps2 era and the xbox era around the time halo came out and you had a bunch of great games on the playstation 2 like guitar hero 2 and stuff those were like the two standout times of, of gaming for me um uh, but we're talking about gnome <laughs> Right. So uh, the the new backgrounds preview. Yeah. Um, as everyone knows, I am a big Ubuntu fan and I have left Ubuntu. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to actually be able to get this latest update quicker because, well, quite frankly, uh, that that just looks awesome. Like yeah. that background preview. Just mwah. what distro are you on now? Fantastic. Uh, Arch. Nice. By the way, guys, he uses Arch. Old Arch. Yep. <laughs> I'm one of those Arch people that doesn't talk about the fact that it uses Arch. Yeah. Because, quite frankly, Arch is a pain in the ass, and anyone who says otherwise is lying to themselves and everyone around them. Um, yeah, people are people ask me, because I use Manjaro, people are like, when are you going to ditch Manjaro and use Arch? And I'm like, I'm um, not. Never. Never. Uh, never. I don't want to have a Go back to Ubuntu before ass. that happens. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those of you wondering, why did I leave Ubuntu? Because Ubuntu, which is held by Canonical, thought it would be a good idea to kill 32-bit libs. Yes, before anyone goes, but they reversed that, right? Yeah, I know they reversed it. But that's not the point. The point is, is that one, they thought it was a good idea. Two, they thought it was a good idea. Three, they didn't fully reverse it. They're just going to support a small subset of the 30 most commonly used 32-bit libs. And I'm just sitting here thinking Arch can maintain all those 32-bit lives and has no, they have no desire to get rid of it. In fact, the only company that does is Ubuntu. Mm. So, you know, I could see Elementary doing it and getting away with it because Elementary doesn't even allow PPAs out of the box. So I could totally see Elementary. But, you know, honestly, as someone who likes to play games, I need 32-bit libraries. As someone who enjoys using Wine on his own to play, you know, cause I'm like a really big fan of city builders. It's, it might not be a well-known fact, but I am a, well, I love city builders. <laughs> city builders are like my favorite and my favorite city builders are from impression games, mm. you know, like Caesar three and emperor rise of the new kingdom. And yeah, oh, I just, I just, Oh, I love them. Have you played uh, Caesarea? Which, have I played what? Caesarea? I don't think so. Link me. Uh, link me. It's an I need open to be source right now. Uh, you need to link me right now. It's an open source one. Okay, well, you need to link me like right now. Uh, I like like Zeus and Poseidon. I I love all those old impression games. And guess what? I play them with wine. Guess who can't play those if Ubuntu drops thirty two bits? So yeah, I got a little pissed and then just went to Arch and haven't been back. Hmm. I have thought about giving Manjaro a try, and I might give it a try, but we'll see. All right, I gotta, I gotta link everyone. I didn't, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, dude. This is on Steam too. Yeah, 
and I, I'm pretty sure it's open source. It's it's literally just an open source version of Caesar. Like it doesn't even use the same models or anything. Why did I not know this existed? I don't you know. know I'm man. gonna try this. I'm gonna try this. This is <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, the Caesar uh, Caesar was one of my favorite games. I loved playing the Caesar games. Uh, can't for, go to their website. If you're cause... on the uh, if you're on the video version of the podcast, you will see the game on the screen right now. Oh yeah, I love Caesar, man. I played that so much as a kid, like so freaking much. Like you have no idea how much I played Caesar and Roller Coaster Tycoon. I'm a big fan of simulation Tycoon. games. And now, granted, I can play Roller Coaster Tycoon thanks to OpenRCT, but for one. Because let's be honest, outside of playing World of Warcraft Classic, which everyone should be playing... The uh, website doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, Ublock blocks it, but it's cool. Um, yeah, I, I just... It, it just... Oh, it, it annoys me. So yeah, I, I just went to Arch. Because I've been running Arch on my laptops for a long time, just because... Um, well, actually, my one laptop, believe it or not, runs Haiku OS still. Nice. It's been over a year now, and it still runs Haiku. It, it mostly works. Yeah. Haiku is, which is, good. is really cool. The only yeah, problem I have just, with Haiku on my laptop is that the backlight isn't supported. Like, um, yep. Yeah. That's I know exactly issue. what you mean. It's like it's just full on. Oh, man. It's oh, man. full on or I, it's off. There's yeah. no middle. I put, I, I didn't even know how to figure, I couldn't even figure out how to turn it off. Like, I had, I had it installed on uh, the laptop that I'm using now. And I'm like, uh, it, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, it's daytime and i'm like this seems a little bit bright but i wasn't like thinking about it consciously i just kind of noticed and then like yeah. as the you know i like put the laptop away come over to my computer work over here and then like it's nighttime i go back over to the to my laptop i turn it on and it's like oh like right in my face dude it was it was awful doesn't gnome have a night feature like where yeah. it slowly dims the screen yep is that built in or is that an extension that's built in because i never I never saw that with uh, Ubuntu, but I like I have it now. I'm just wondering if it was like. Yeah, that's built in. It's under um, in the settings. I like it. It's uh, if you go to because I always used to use devices, Flux. Remember Flux? Displays. No. Nightlight. Flux? Oh, you don't remember Flux? No. It's it's basically a program that you put on your machine, and it dims the screen and removes the blue coloring of stuff. Mm. And it's really handy, and I literally can't function without it. And uh, so when I moved to Arch, uh, one of the first things I did was look for that. And then I realized that Gnome just had it. And I was like, didn't Gnome have an announcement about that like a year or two ago? And then I yeah. found it. And I was like, it's weird. Like, I never noticed it before in Ubuntu. Like, did they remove it or something? Because they are running slightly new versions. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Now, Ubuntu I will is always say like, a ha like a year, like a release behind, it seems. With, with sort of, sort of. But like they're only one release behind, and that's only because Gnome 3.34 just dropped. And I'm wondering if 19.10 won't pull up to well, it. Well, I but... think I read that 19.10 is going to launch with Gnome 3.34. 3.34? Yeah, the, this latest version. But I don't know if that was the case well, the whole, for, you know, for the history of the OS. No, no, um, no, no. And then, like, there's music updates, so we're just going down in a list here. Yeah. Um, I don't like music. I prefer Rhythm Box. I don't. I don't Man, like music. At I'm all. telling you what, like, it's it has fewer features than Rhythm Box, but I much prefer the look. You mean the nothingness? <laughs> yeah, look? the minimalism. Okay. That's what I like. 
Well, at least like Rhythmbox, it, it gives like, I like the little pop-up notifications, like when I use my media keys on my keyboard. When I'm not using my Model M, I'm using a Corsair and it has media keys and mm. uh, I love it because every time I change the track or whatever, I like the little pop-up with the little box. I don't know. It, it's cool. I like it. Like it <laughs> looks really cool. I love that. That's actually something that um, I really don't like about KDE is I don't get that sort of stuff because KDE has so many notifications that I spend 10 minutes turning them all off. I just turn everything yeah. off with KDE because I don't know what does what anymore and I'm too lazy to read. Let's be real. So I just turn it all off. Right. Because I hate constant pop-ups. Gnome is bad about that too, actually. Uh, but, but it's a lot yeah. easier to turn them on and off. There are some problems with Gnome's notifications. I want. I, I don't know if you remember we talked about I think it might have been on the podcast. It might have been on the, the channel, but we I talked about um, some of the mock-up designs for the new GNOME notifications panel. Did you see that? I did. Oh, man. Much better. They, they're so much nicer. Holy cow. I really When's that want... coming? Or is that already here? That No, that, that's just the, in the like mock-up proposal stages still, Aww. as far as I know. But I like that especially sucks. for the Librem 5, like we need like better notifications. Yeah, we don't need half the fucking screen covered or anything like that. <laughs> right. I don't know if it does that, but we definitely don't need that. Um, yeah. And then, honestly, the interesting thing. Um, now, one thing I don't like about GNOME, and I actually talked to this about EG. Uh, I don't like the fact that because Ubuntu forked their software center, they removed Snap support out of the thing. I really hate that, and I find it to be very petty. And just overall stupid. So if anyone who works on GNOME is listening to this, that's how I feel about your decision. And there's nothing you can say that will change that. Because Ubuntu didn't remove Flatpak support. It's just not enabled. You can just turn it on. But you fully removed Snaps. Which is just, I'm tired of this petty war between distros and development environments with distros. I'm just tired of the pettiness. Like, everyone wants their thing to be the thing, and it's not going to happen because Linux has never been about just one thing. Stop trying to force that. Well, I think flat packs have kind of cemented themselves more than Sort of, but see, the thing is, like, snaps are better in other ways than than flat packs. Like, flat packs still suck, particularly when you want to work with, like, a development environment. Like, there's a lot of cases where flat packs is overly sandboxing. It's just irritating as hell. Whereas snaps, it's just like, do you want it to be sandboxed or not? Yes or no. And if you don't, then it just has full system access. Hmm. Like, or, you know, as much as the program has been written to access. And there are some advantages that snaps have over flat packs. And you could argue that flat packs have an advantage over snap packs in the same way. But snaps bundle everything. So they're like an app image. Yeah. So that makes them much bigger, but it also means that snaps will pretty much work anywhere the snap system is supported because everything's pre, pre, pre-configured, pre-compiled, and pre-bundled. It's just all there. Now, yeah. this is by no means a support or an endorsement for snaps. We both, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how me and Gardner feel about flat packs and snaps. Yeah. They don't integrate well. They're plagued with issues. App images work much better, as does, you know, repositories. So I'm, I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but I do find it a bit dickish that GNOME removes snaps purely because Ubuntu forked 
a project. Fort. Like, yeah. that level of pettiness just annoys me. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. I am glad that the PureOS store is going to be based on flat packs. I'm actually happy about that. I, I, to me, it wouldn't matter which one anyway. Right. It really doesn't matter. I'm just glad that um, they're not native dev packages. Because, oh, yes. Because if you have God, a phone and you're installing... So if you're installing freaking dev packages, it's only a matter of time before the, the system's just gonna get unstable. And so being able to install flat or flat packs, yeah. It's gonna make yeah. things a little less. Well, they needed to pick either flat packs or snaps. Like there was there was no question about it. They either needed to roll their own system, yeah. which is a lot of work, or they needed to use flat packs or snaps. Yeah. Personally, as I've said many times, I don't really care I've said this before, I think. I don't really care which one they picked for the store. Like to me, it really doesn't matter. I don't like flat packs and I don't like snaps, so you know it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. from my end. Um, and there, there's been some other stuff um, that they did, like some other quality of life stuff that they've done. Um, and they also did a lot of bug fixes. Thank you. you you're talking about GNOME, thing, no? Yes. If there's, <laughs> well, we went back to GNOME. Yeah. Like we went back to the original topic which is totally defeats the point of this podcast, but we did it anyway. <laughs> um, but that's something, dude, did you see KDE going off topic again? But KDE is going to focus on bug fixing. That's part of their, their goal for the next year or two years or whatever. You know, they have that thing like every year or two where they determine, determine the, the goal of the community as a whole. And bug fixing is one of the things. And I'm like, yes, because that is something that I will give GNOME. Bug fixes are very they're not they're not number one priority but they're up there yeah i have no idea where they were within kde i have no idea because i don't even think they were on the list i don't think they were even a consideration because kde it is fairly stable i will give it that but man when it has problems it just tanks like i still get issues where the whole panel just (laughs) disappears then reappears because it crashed and then reset itself Mm. And that is annoying. It shouldn't do that. It's a panel, for God's sakes. But it crashes. And the error message makes no sense. So, Speaking no of crashes, speaking of crashes, Discord just crashed on me. <laughs> and, like, you just cut off in the middle of a sentence. And I opened Discord, and I was still in a call with you. And you just didn't even notice. <laughs> Whatever. That's cool. No, well, it's probably because I have OBS on, so I don't get any notifications while we do the podcast. Yeah. So basically, I put, I mean, I could just toggle, but it's easier to just turn off OBS than it is to go inside of Discord. But basically, I have streamer mode enabled. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't too. get anything. Also, you weren't necessary for talking anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, it's good. The, you the, just have, you, your job is to just listen to my ramblings and agree. Basically, that's what I do uh, here. But no, <laughs> I, I am, I am super stoked. And I know, like I've said, people who've watched this podcast before, I am very much not a GNOME fan, but GNOME 3.34 is making me... I'm starting to rethink my opinion on it. Like, especially, they're starting to do things properly. Especially with the performance upgrades, too. Yes, that is the main thing for me. Because, you know, I'm a big i3 lover. My desktop is i3, and the reason it is i3 is because i3 uses, like, 16 megabytes of RAM, which leaves mm-hmm. my remaining 64 megabytes of... Or sorry, 64 megabytes. It released my remaining 64 gigabytes of RAM free to do whatever it is they want because I got to be honest, and it looks great, right? That's the thing that blows me away. Like, i3, when you customize it right, it looks beautiful. Now, it's a lot of work to 
tweak it. It's not hard. It's just a lot of work. It's tedious. Um, but that's the way it should be. That is the way it should be, in mm. my opinion. Like, we should be better than Microsoft in every possible way because we have to be better. Because people yeah. will always, like, oh, well, that software is free, so clearly it sucks. And that's one thing I will, you know, that is something I will give the elementary OS guys. They work really hard to make sure that what little they do have works flawlessly. And it's probably for that reason. They know that they can't win on any other front, so they're just going to work. Which I give them props for that. Yeah, I like elementary OS. They're, they're... I don't. I, it's it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I cannot. I, here's the thing. I like the people that work on it. I think they're great people. Yeah, they're um, awesome. But I don't like the distribution because I don't like the fact that I don't get PPAs. I don't like how out of date all the software is. You know, it's like a whole host of problems. And, you know, I'm not a beginner Linux user. And I'm also not someone who needs their handheld or likes their handheld. I mean, I use i3 of all things. I use Arch and i3. So <laughs> we're just going to put yeah. that out there as to you, what kind of individual I am. Yeah, you love you love uh, being knee-deep in con- config files. Right. So to me, Elementary OS is just the opposite of what I want. But it also makes people come to Linux, so I love them for that. Yeah. So, you know, and it looks nice, sort of. I also hate the fact can't minimize i hate that fact i don't care what anyone says i like to minimize now of course i'm using i3 so i don't minimize anyway yeah but here's the thing right i have this beautiful wallpaper this gorgeous wallpaper that i'll never see if i were to use i uh, elementary i see it with i3 because you know i can have transparent backgrounds or uh, windows and stuff so i can see my beautiful wallpaper what's the point of having this amazing wallpaper if no one ever gets to see it uh, yeah, I don't know. In GNOME, you can see it when you open up the activities panel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> me, 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 me. Anyway, you say? I think we've exhausted this story. What do you think? I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, I really, really like the new GNOME 3 update. Yeah, I'm I haven't, actually a really big fan. I haven't like, got my cool. hands on it yet, but I am Dude, the stoked. background preview. Yeah. Like, okay, the background previews. That is such an obvious thing such an obvious thing because kde will let you apply it and see it without going back gnome is like you have to select your wallpaper and then hit okay and then my wallpaper folder is 15 gigs wow it's not trivial to just go back in and look at the wallpapers again you know what i mean right like it's it's not trivial but this this wallpaper the background preview like you know you just select it and then it shows it in the back oh I love you guys so much because again, dude, it actually freezes to open up my background folder. It actually freezes. Wow. It's really funny. Like it just freezes because the folder is so big and it takes a while to generate all the thumbnails. And I guess it does it every time. So there's no thumbnail caching. I I don't know. It freezes every time I open. Huh? I thought at first it was my hard drive. Yeah. Like I was panicking because you know, I'm waiting to upgrade because like when I upgrade this system, so everyone who knows I have eight hard drives, eight one terabyte hybrid hard drives. Um, And when I upgrade this system to a Threadripper 3, I'm finally getting rid of these hard drives that I've had for like four or five years, which are totally on their way out. Like it actually made me shut off my system and do a check on my hard drives because I actually thought that my hard drives were going bad. 
Mm. And was like, oh, God. But no, they all reported back healthy. So, I mean, I don't know how. They should be dead at this point. But they're not. So I'm just going to live with it. I think my hard drives are going to go from like 100 to zero. Like, they're just going to instantly. Um, but I'm going for full NVMe system next time. I'm getting like one of those uh, PCIe X16 adapters. And I'm just going to plug four of them in. And then I'm just going to get another one because, you know, I'm going to have four slots. So I'm just going to plug them in and off I go. Hmm. I'm going full NVMe. And I know that's going to be really expensive. But a one terabyte Samsung NVMe is like 150 bucks, Something like that. You know, it depends on where you go and if it has discounts and all that crap. But yeah, I paid $150 for each one of these because they were these. That's what the hybrid drives cost when they were brand new. And the NVMe drives are just like, oh yeah, what they're like so six much faster. or seven times faster. It's like, yeah. and the adapters like seventy bucks or something because you know no board is gonna have enough space for that. Like my board right now, I think has two slots or something like that, and a Threadripper three board might have three or four. Like it's not gonna have a lot of slots. Yeah, and I'm like, so I'm just gonna go with just using the PCI uh, Express slot. Because I'm going to have two slots, two PCI Express um, X16 uh, slots that I'm not going to use. So I might as well use them. Yeah. So my system's going to look really weird. Um, and I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait. Like, I'm really excited. But I have, like, another year or so before I do it. And I probably won't upgrade immediately anyway because I kind of learned the lesson getting this Threadripper. Like, this board had so many issues. <sighs> so bad. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably wait a few months, and I'm hoping, like, it, like let me put it this way. If there's a half-price sale this Christmas, I'm going to buy them and just put them in storage. <laughs> like Nice. Because, right? you know, hard drives are expensive. Yeah, Good yeah. hard drives are expensive. But from my experience, NVMe drives last a really long time. I, like, bought, a, 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 I bought a 10-terabyte uh, Western Digital NAS drive. Mm, I have Dude, one of those in my NAS. Do you know how much I magical? spent? for that freaking hard drive like two three hundred dollars probably almost three hundred yeah yeah and but it'll never die no that old clunky ass thing might be slow but it's like them damn tape drives that ibm sells it'll it'll outlast you (laughs) (laughs) i love Uh, that too by the way have you seen those ibm tape drives you know ibm still makes tape drives no i didn't for archiving and storage purposes yeah they still make them uh hang on since we're talking about it i want to tell you the speed of them Where's the Wikipedia page? This is one thing I hate um, about. Uh, well, here we go. Here we go. Uh, the newest ones, max uncompressed speed is one gbit or one one thousand megabytes, I should say. You know that's wow. actually pretty fast considering you're copying off a tape drive. Now, considering yeah. that tape drive can store forty terabytes, you're still gonna be there a while yeah Um, that's that's actually really impressive yeah but i mean that's still god how long would that take forever pretty much (laughs) um a couple hours at best at worst probably a day or two yeah um but like old 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 ones like were really slow i mean it's still too slow to do anything but for archiving purposes reading and writing and keep in mind that says uncompressed speed um they yeah. will be compressed, and so it will probably be much, 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 much slower. Right. Like, probably a tenth of the speed. But hey, it's still faster, and you get good old tape drives and everything else, and it's awesome, and I love it. 
And uh, yeah, we've totally worn this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we want to know what you guys think. What do you think about uh, Samsung or is that Intel's Intel's tape drives? Or how about IBM. the IBM? How about the um, uh, the fact that GNOME 3.34 was just released? What do you think about GNOME 3.34? Or any it's of awesome. the, the tangential topics that we talked about during this news story? Let us know on the forums, uh, in the show notes on the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. All right, next up, next story, we have Hello Games are continuing to support Linux by uh, updating their Windows binaries to support Steam Play. What do you think about this, Raven? You know, I think it's awesome. You know Hello Games used to actually make games for Linux, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm a I have beautiful, or not beautiful Joe. I have, uh, what's that? Danger what's that? Joe or, um, what is that game? Yeah. I think it's Danger Joe or something like that. It was a stuntman game. Yeah. And it runs beautifully. Hold on, I'm, I'm looking it up now. No, no, Do, Joe Danger. Danger, that's what it is. Ah, that's what it is. So I had it backwards. I knew it was Danger Joe. I just got the order wrong. It's Joe Danger. Yeah, um, they used to support Linux. And I was actually really bummed when No Man's Sky came out and they didn't support Linux because they just have this OpenGL engine using SDL2. It's like, how hard would it have been to support Linux? Honestly, probably not very hard. And given no. the fact that it basically works out of the box, except for a few driver-related issues just goes to show that it would have probably have been very easy to support Linux. Because yeah. they use open source tools and everything. Like, they're just that kind of company. Yeah, they're really... Of course, really... they had such a launch for No Man's Sky that uh, I think that was the last thing on their mind. Yeah. But, you know, even when No Man's Sky launched, there were reports that uh, No Man's Sky ran better on Linux through Wine than it did, it did. natively on Windows. I tried it. It did. It totally did. Yeah. It, and it worked out of the box, no problem. It just, it just, you get the GOG version and it just, it launched. Like it just launched. Yeah. <laughs> like no problems, no mess, no fuss, nothing. Yeah. And there's better frame rates and overall less frame, like pacing issues. It's, um, it's one of those instances where an, a game designed with OpenGL in mind will always typically work better on Linux for whatever reason. Yeah. It's not like Microsoft gimps OpenGL. I don't care what anyone says. They don't actually gimp OpenGL. I just I just think it's just the operating system is just not built with it in mind. It's not like they're gimping it. They're just right. not helping it either. Yeah. They, they're Microsoft, very neutral towards it. Yeah. Micro, I, you know, it's more up to the developer, like the, the hardware vendors to support OpenGL on Windows. Right? Yes. Yeah. But like for like DirectX, I feel like they do a lot of extra stuff. Yeah, they do. To make yeah. sure that it works right. In OpenGL, they do nothing. Right. Which in a way is kind of a nice thing because it means they're not gimping it. But on the other hand, they're not helping it either. Dude, now, there was I have a time literally they never heard it. anyone use the word gimp outside of talking about the, the, the image software until but now. that's the and actual definition it of it. <laughs> that's the literal definition. Yeah. Pardon me for knowing the English language, Gardner. I, I mean, I knew that was a word, but I've never heard anyone use it. That's that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. Apologies for knowing the English language. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really nice. Um, I, I think it's great that they actually are taking time out of their day to do that. You know, yeah. Hello Games had a um, 
a very interesting launch uh, because it was nothing like how they said it was going to be. And yeah. uh, they fully deserved everything that happened to them. Now, maybe not the death threats and stuff. That's a little uncalled for. But uh, the negative reviews and uh, people just not liking it, yeah, they kind of deserve that because that's what happens when you make a game that's not how you say it is. Um, right. Yeah, Sean Murray made a lot of promises though. and yes, it didn't really so live up to that. Yes, so many promises. But, but no, the, it didn't. The thing is, like, uh, just a month ago, they they like published a fix for No Man's Sky for Steam VR on Linux, even yeah. though we don't have a native binary for that's crazy for the game. Yeah, and I, you know I had a suspicion that this was going to happen. That like you know uh, Proton was going to usher in an era where you know developers it's gonna it costs them less and they get more back from supporting proton right. than it is to create a native version and so um the fact that they did that a month ago and now they actually have an experimental update uh that in their notes it says they fixed a linux driver issues you know that is that is really awesome i i i'm not surprised but i am kind of at a loss for words because this is what i was expecting we just haven't seen a whole lot of this yet. I think that we're going to continue to see more of this, uh, especially as Valve have been like doing stuff to kind of regain the trust of developers and the community at large. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Valve and uh, games, this probably should have been its own thing. But did you see the new uh, algorithm updates that they just pushed to everyone? I uh, I have I saw the headline. I haven't read about it yet. Okay, so they gave it to they they secretly gave it to five percent of their Steam user base, and they saw like I think so something like a seventy six percent traffic increase in unique games. Yeah, seventy six percent. That just proves that last October they totally gimped their damn store, and just butchered it. And yeah, I used it again because that's literally the actual <laughs> wording for it. Yeah. Um, like they they crushed their store. They hurt indies by doing so. And they fixed it. And not just that, they also saw a massive, they didn't give statistics, by the way, but they saw a massive increase in game sales with their new update. So mm. here's to hoping that, you know, you know, it, it, wow, it's just blown away that they actually did something, actually, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm blown away that Valve did something. Well, you know, I the the thing is, it's like Valve are very data driven, and the data that they care about most is uh, how much money they can make. And so, the fact that like this tweak to the algorithm has actually uh, m resulted in more games being sold, well, that's all the the data that they need. They're going to continue right. to, to fix and, and every problems. company's like that because without money, you you don't exist anymore. So yeah. you know. I don't know. Like, I think it's great that they did that. Um, maybe we should have talked about that in depth, but honestly, there really isn't much more to say other than that Valve tweaked its algorithms and that in the 5% of people that they were following that they gave, you know, those people bought more stuff, looked at more games, and they looked at more relevant games. Yeah. You know, they're not... Like, I do own a few of those stupid visual novel games because, like, I'll either get it sent to me or I'll get a free key. By the way, if I get a free key, I add it. So if there's a game in my uh, Steam library that doesn't make any sense, just think that most likely I didn't buy it. It was given to me for free, and I just added it to my account. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a bit of a collection whore, so it's kind of what I do. <laughs> um, Got to catch them all, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> so, like, but, like, for me, advertising those stupid, you know, sex visual novel games is dumb because I'll never play them and I'll never buy them. Yeah. Like, you want my money? It needs to be a survival game. It needs to be a simulation game or, like, a, a SNES-style platformer type game. Like, that is what I buy. Yeah. Now, granted, I haven't bought a game since January of 2018 on Steam because, one, I keep getting games for free, and, two, nobody is making a game I actually want to buy, um, which is kind of sad and actually really bums me out. Like, I actually want to play games... And yet no one is making a game that I want to play. Or they make a game that I want to play and I kickstart and they throw it on the Epic Store. Mm, yeah. Epic sucks. Uh, I actually like opened Borderlands up... 3 came out today. So. Oh, cool. Never going to get it because it's on the Epic Store. And it yeah. requires... It has Epic integration, so it'll probably never come to Steam. Right. Um, but as far as, you know, Valve and everything is concerned, you know, they're doing good and Hello Games is doing fantastic. Uh, another game recommendation that I will recommend to everyone is uh, Blasphemous. Blasphemous is so good. Mm, so I, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Oh, you haven't heard of it? Okay, hang on, man. You're getting linked. I just There's pulled no up the... There's no native Linux version, but yeah. Nice. Pulled up what? Sorry, I didn't mean I, to I, I just pulled up the uh, Gaming on Linux article about the, um, about the tweaks to the Steam algorithm. Update. And they actually yeah. have... Uh, there was like a 75% increase in the number of unique games visited uh, and a 48% increase in the uh, average visits per game. Which, yeah, that's 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 pretty big. That's, that's monumental. Like that's yeah, that's whether or not an indie is going to make their next game or not level of increase, which yeah. is good because indies should be able to make games. Now, if they make a good game, I don't believe that, uh, you know, yeah, I don't. I don't believe that every person that uh, uh, makes a game makes a good game. Unfortunately, right. And I don't believe that just because you make a game, you should be entitled to you know a living. Like, if you want people's money, you have to make a quality product. Yeah, which is something that Microsoft and Apple have forgotten. <laughs> they just make money because they exist. In the case of Apple, they just. In the case of Apple, they just add a third camera to the back of their freaking phone. You know, in fairness, the extra lenses really do help increase camera quality, but it looks so ugly. It looks so ugly. Apple like, has completely on. lost Forgotten their way. To... They, they used, used to, to be... make beautiful devices, and now they make hideous bug machines. They are just, they yep. are gross looking. Like, as someone who has, uh, what is that called? Poly, uh, poly, polypropis? ism phobia i don't know i have a phobia of like oh try papa phobia that's what it is like it's a fear of like uh those freaking the way that that camera looks the, the holes in it, it it gives me the willies man it makes me feel like there's something poisonous and, and scary about it i don't like it look they have lost their way apple they suck. in particular apple used to make quality software oh yeah like, they did it's been a while since Apple's made quality software. I don't care what anyone says. Apple doesn't make quality software anymore. They just make updates that fix the bugs and add new bugs. Mm. They're literally like Windows in that regard. Yeah, they but, add like, updates that be... break their time keeping algorithms. Yeah, they, among other things. The they iPhone... make updates that oh flood your local network with packets, preventing <laughs> any other machines from being on. Yeah. And that was a real bug back in 2014. Yeah. In fact, it still persists in certain machines to, to this day. 
So they've never fixed it. They just made new hardware and new updates, and it went away because people bought all new stuff, and then the problem just slowly went away. Yeah. That's how Apple does stuff now. Like, that's not quality. That's just pushing the problem to the future and like, well, to be fixed in the future. Yeah, when I have a new machine from you that I have to spend another $2,500, $3,000 on, sure. Yeah. But I do miss the days. Because, like, I have an Apple II GS, and I love it. I have an older Macintosh. I love it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'd love to it, have it, some of those. Oh, yeah. Well, you're welcome to use them one day if you ever use them mm-hmm. or would like to use them. They're pretty great. I don't know if you'd like the Apple II GS too much because it's kind of dossy. I um, want, like, a Power Mac G5 is what I want. Uh, I'm looking for one of those. Yeah. I, I want a Power Mac, and then I want the one that I affectionately call a boat anchor because I feel like you could literally use it for a boat anchor. Which one is that? The the big, fat, all-in-one one, you know, the one that's from, like, 1999 to 2000. Oh, yeah, the We've one with the colors. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. want one. You know why I want one? Because when I was, when, when I was in school, when I was in elementary school, yeah. Uh, our lab got a grant or our, our school got a grant to upgrade its computer systems. Like it wasn't a government grant. It was a private grant and they built a all new Mac lab because naturally when you get lots of money, you buy Mac apparently. I guess yeah. maybe you did back then and they had those machines and I really liked a lot of the software on it that was on it. You know, like the, the word processing and all that sort of stuff is that's, I learned a lot of stuff on that. So it just has the nostalgic factor and stuff on it. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. For me, it's mostly just the nostalgic factor. Mm. But I also just want one because I just think they're darn cool looking. Like, you know, they're transparent. You can see the hardware on the inside. You know, I mean, are they great machines? Not really. They run Mac 9, which is kind of, uh, they run like the last version of Mac 9. Yeah. Which admittedly isn't bad. When I was in elementary school, we had like, uh like IBM uh ATs I think Ooh. they were like yeah and like yeah. they ran like bespoke freaking launcher menus for like a bunch of games that you could play and and there was like the they had like the incredible machine was one of the games you could play oh wait, wait. yeah yeah and I think it had windows 3.1 on it it was old. It was like, it was more, it was older than it should have been when I was in elementary school. <laughs> well, before, before my school got that grant, because they got that grant when I was in fourth grade. Uh, but up until then, my school was running like Mac 8 Power Macintoshes. You know, those mm. old ones? Yeah. The, 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 they look like all-in-ones, but the monitor's actually sitting on it, and they're like kind of narrow, and they're just terrible. They were color Macintoshes, though, like Oregon Trail and all that that was on there was in color. Yes, we mm. got to play Oregon Trail, which was awesome. Yeah, we had um, Oregon Trail. We had a Treasure Mountain. That yeah, and all game. the all the all the like the the Mario t- teaches typing and all that sort of stuff that the frog thing that taught you words, you know, all that sort of stuff. It had lots of educational games on it. Um, but my my point was more, you know, they don't do that stuff anymore. They don't have any of that stuff anymore. They just teach you how to be an office drone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they don't even teach how to program anymore. No. Which is sad. But my anyhow. high school, dude, my high school programming course, they were teaching us basic. Well, at least they were teaching you something. Yeah. I love basic, by the way. 
I know, but like it was like we literally had to open the basic uh, the coding. uh, We had to open up the Windows command line and open up like the original Microsoft Basic. Yeah, QBasic, man. QBasic. QBasic. That's what it was. Yeah. QBasic is rad, dude. I still program in QBasic every now and again. But this was in high school, man. This was I was, whatever. I'm older now than you were then, and I'm still using it. I don't see the point. Yes, so they have probably have taught you a better language, but you also have to understand, when we were in high school, schools couldn't just get some of the stuff that they can get now, yeah. which is weird because Microsoft will basically give any school their stuff for free, and yet schools don't teach it because teachers don't know how to do it. It's weird. We taught people how to program more in the 80s and 90s than we do now. But yeah. on the other hand... It might also just be that the internet has made it so that kids are learning it at home, but they should be learning it at school. Like, it should be mandatory. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you might not ever use it, but it gives you a deeper understanding of things and teaches awareness about stuff. Yeah. And also how to critically think. You should, I think, like, required courses in in public school should be, you have to learn a foreign language, you have to learn programming, uh, and you have to learn about how to actually, like, do budgets and you need a civics course. Oh, yeah, they took civics out. Yeah. Well, civics is bad because knowing your rights is just terrible. <laughs> like, people should not grow up knowing their rights. Right. In fairness, uh, we had a civics course in senior year of high school, and it was mind-blowing for some people. Um, like, some people didn't know that they could that they had certain rights, and I'm like, yeah. 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 Well, it's like... Um, who was it? Like, was it Beyonce tried to like trademark her daughter's name? It's like, that is a failure of the education system. It's like, there are so many celebrities who are like trying to trademark things. Who was it that tried to trademark Taco Tuesday? It's like, I don't you can't do that. That's uh, not how trademarks work. And if we taught people how freaking how copyright works and how trademarks work and that kind of stuff, it's like, come on, guys, pay attention. Learn this stuff. It's not that when difficult. When people would campaign against Disney for increasing their trademark, they would actually do it if they knew how trademarks and copyrights work. Yeah. Like, I'm all for copyrights and trademarks. I feel like the system needs to be reformed yeah. uh, significantly. But I feel like it should exist. It should just be reformed. Patents. Too. Um, but Disney trying to get it so like it's a hundred years after the person's death can just screw off. Yeah. But they're, anyway, they're so anyway, yeah. What so were we that's, talking about? that's why I want. That's why I want the Mac. And yes, it does run Mac nine. Um, it doesn't run Mac ten. And before that, like I said, we ran like Mac eight machines. Yeah. Like really old Mac eight machines. Actually, you know, they might have been System seven machines. Yeah, that sounds like right. Like they had color, but they were not really. System not seven was color. Didn't have color, did it? Yeah, it did. Really? Depending on your system, yeah. I think I think system six was all, like no color. Like it might have been able to do color, like for games, oh. but not for the desktop. No, yeah. no, it was definitely system seven. I mean, system seven is <laughs> from nineteen ninety one. When I, mean, I was not a, that old, dude. When I was a kid, my friend. Uh, Carl, his dad had, was like a Mac authorized dealer. Yeah. And he had like Macs out the wazoo, dude. He had like them all over the place. And I remember Carl and I had a classic Mac in his, Carl had a classic Mac in his bedroom. And like when we would play games, we would play like Kaboom and Snavel and stuff on a classic Mac, dude. Holy cow. That was so much fun. 
Oh, man. Yeah. And then, like, guy, uh, his dad had a freaking uh, uh, a Power Mac. Like, you know, the, 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 I think it was like a G4 or something. It had, it was like, it had the handles on it and you could pick it up. It was like a tower, but it was like all oh, plastic. Yeah. That's the Power Max. Oh, man. Yeah. I love that thing. And they had, that was the first time I ever saw an iPod with I, an iTunes running on it. And Carl would, like, use iTunes to, like, copy his albums and give and burn them for me <laughs> it was nice. awesome dude anyway those were the days man those were, those the, were days. the days and what? now now i have a machine that has no disk drive or anything right because i don't need a disk drive and when i do need a disk drive i just use one of my older machines because yeah. if i need a disk drive they're clearly the machines that need it anyway well i have i have a or blu-ray CD drive in both my desktop and my uh server because I ripped I don't even my movie. Drive. I, I just have another machine that does all that stuff for me because it's gonna take forever anyway. My Threadripper is not gonna speed up that process. Because mm. um, it's the disk drive speed that's gonna be the bottleneck. So yeah, some of those older machines they just do it all for me. And then of course you know I'm like you. I have my NAS. I've had my NAS for quite a while. It's actually starting to kind of fill up a little bit, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because my DVD collection is kind of st- or Blu-ray collection is kind of starting to. Make it kind of full. Yeah. Full quality Blu-rays are pretty big. Yeah, they are. Like, yeah. I what I do is is I rip them and then I convert them into H two six four. You know, I think I use five now. Yeah. Because you can use it locally, and uh, really cuts down the file size. But I gotta rip it first. So you know, it's like a forty gig file or something. 20 gigs, something like that. It's ginormous. Yeah, I tend to, like, just leave them and let Plex deal with that, like, the transcoding. Ah. Well, I do it so that it's not taking up an army of space on my NAS. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Because you can fill up a terabyte with 30 gig movie files awfully fast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What were we talking about? No Man's Sky. How did we get from No Man's Sky to Ripping Blue I love that, dude. It's so great. It's a talent. It's Uh, a talent. Anyway, what do you guys think about, uh, you know, No Man's Sky uh, supporting Linux through supporting Proton? Let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at the Linux Gamer. He is at Raven67854. We also have an email address, show at offtopical.net. Let us know what you think there as well. All right, Nintendo is suing another ROM site. Uh, so uh, last year they actually filed suit against, uh, loveroms.com and love retro. Uh, and now they yep. are taking action. Uh, well, they took action against them. And so it scared a bunch of other sites, uh, who voluntarily shut down because of that. Um, ROM universe did not. And now Nintendo's raining down their ire upon ROM universe. Raven, what do you think about this? <laughs> Oh, gosh, this is like one of those really sticky topics because, you know, they should be allowed to defend their copyright, which is rightfully theirs. But on the other hand, if they're going to shut down all this stuff, because like, okay, you know, one of the reasons why Love ROMs and Love Retro and now ROM Universe are being shut down is because they have Switch titles right on the front page. Like, come on. And in the case of like, I think it's ROM Universe. You pay money, you have to give them money to get, like, way faster download speeds. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, you're just asking for it when you do crap like that. Right. 
Um, but as far as I'm concerned, like a lot of those old games, like a lot of those old ones, you can't get those games anymore and you can't play them. Yeah. So no one is losing anything by you downloading them off the internet and playing it. Now, it's still technically considered theft. So don't don't misinterpret me as uh, you know, encouraging and I'm not encouraging piracy or anything like that. Nope. But on the other hand, I think this is where some form of common sense needs to come into. And in fairness, they kind of have. Like emulation is legal in the United States. Emulation is not legal in Japan, for example, mm. anymore. Um, or it's about to not be. I can't remember if that uh, law went through or not. Um, but in the United States, it's legal. And in fact, in fact, there was even a recent case that emulation and the the getting, not getting, but like games are, uh, it kind of put a gray area as to how you acquire them. But there was another even more recent court case about like MMOs and stuff. Like making emulators for those are now legal. Yeah. As long as you play it by yourself or privately and right. don't collect money for it. Um, and, and it's because like the judges and the people who make these decisions have decided that once all this stuff is shut down and after like 20, 30 years anyway, who knows who's going to own the copyright? Like a lot of those Nintendo games that were on like the NES and the Super Nintendo, a lot of those companies don't exist. And who knows who owns the copyrights to them anymore, if anyone even owns it. So, yeah. you know, Nintendo going around and just shutting down everything is a bit bullshit because most of the stuff is not theirs anyway. Right. Now. The thing is, here's the thing. Like, the, I read an article, uh, I think it might have been from Torrent Freak, actually, about how piracy has recently seen a huge surge, right? There's been mm -hmm. a huge surge of people pirating TV shows and movies when, like, for the last, like, 10 years or so, that has been on a decline. A severe, a, yeah. a steep decline. The reason it was on decline is because... Netflix. Netflix. Netflix made it simple and easy to get the shows you want, and people are willing to pay for the freaking shows that they want, the movies and the shows that they want to watch. People are willing to pay for them. But when, when and then all of a sudden, you have CBS All Access. You have uh, Hulu splitting off and doing their own thing. You have all these different, uh, uh, Disney Plus, all these different freaking... NBC. NBC, all these companies doing their own thing, creating their own streaming service, trying to make a quick buck, and it's confusing, and it's, it's, it is doing more it's harm expensive. to their own business model. So uh, people yep. don't want to do that, so they go back to doing piracy. And it's like, that's the same thing. If Nintendo wants to actually make money here, they're not doing themselves any favor by spending a ton of cash. Someone will appear. Someone new will appear. Eventually, someone new will appear. Yeah. Like, Emu Paradise was one that wasn't affected because Emu Paradise only did old stuff like yeah. emu paradise did not allow switch games they closed down though didn't they well they're still up but they don't have any roms so effectively yes yeah and emu paradise was used to be my go-to because like you know I, I don't actually i actually have a fairly large game collection like physical media game collection yeah but i'd be damned if i'm gonna hook up a disk drive to get some of those games so i would just download them because i already own them anyway like as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of fair. Like, am I using my copy? No. But is it any different from my copy? No. <laughs> Literally not. Like, it, it would match my copy almost exactly. Because oh. it's the same thing. They just, well, I mean, come on. How do you think they mass print PS2 games? Like, they don't, like, make them unique. Right. Everyone's just a copy of the other, of the original, which is all mine is. 
It's actually annoying to find my version. But like some <laughs> old games, like I, you just can't buy them anymore. And right. believe it or not, if you, if like Nintendo, if Nintendo makes it possible for me to get an old game, I buy it. Yeah. Like I don't even waste time. Like my wallet is like, here you can have it. And I just throw it at their face. Yeah. Like I am all for it. Like when the, when the SNES classic came out, oh yeah, dude, bought that thing like immediately me too i had a friend buy it for me because i couldn't get a copy and i called him because uh he you know he works at uh well he works at a retailer and i was like dude do you have any in stock right now and he's like yes and i was like can you you're on your break i was like yes go buy it i will pay you to go buy it so he went and bought me a super nintendo yeah because i couldn't get it anywhere else i was a bit late on that one and almost missed it. But anyway, my point is, if you make it easily accessible and you don't take it away, because that's the thing, right? Nintendo's like, well, you know, they used to have that whole, like, Wii store with all those retro games that they've basically gotten rid of. No. Like, I need a place to get it. Mega Man? I don't own Mega Man on Steam. But if I wanted to play Mega Man, I'd buy it on Steam. Yeah. My first thought would not be to go to... A, a website and download it it would be well where can i get it legally yeah and then that becomes the problem right because you know who owns some of those because there are actually a lot of really great games now granted most of the classic iconic stuff their owners still exist but there are a few old games that are really good that the owner just doesn't exist i mean look at system shock 2 arguably one of the greatest rpg slash first person shooters to come from the 90s look how long it took before that game could be purchased legally yeah i mean i'm lucky enough that for some reason i had a copy like my dad happened to buy it and didn't like it and i just had a copy which is weird because it's an amazing game but whatever um like so i was able to play it but if you've never played system shock 2 dude it's beautiful and you should go play it it's amazing hmm like, it is great story. You like Half-Life, the original Half-Life? It's like that, but yeah. with some RPG elements. It is so good. And it's scary as hell. Like, at least when I played it when I was a younger guy. Mm-hmm. It was, like, there's, I remember playing Sister Shock 2, and I was like, uh... Oh, yeah. Man. I was wearing it's, headphones. It's out of nowhere. And those freaking, like, the zombies with the, with the stereo audio, man, I was like, I literally oh, yeah. got so scared, I threw my headphones off, and, uh... I, I like screamed. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh yeah, it, dude, it's it's amazing. Like it's it's so freaking awesome. Like it's 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 just downright awesome. Even the original one is really good. Yeah. Um they're both great. And um Yeah, it's just it just it annoys me that like that's the sort of problem we have. And that's why more and more people are starting to be like, "Well, is it really so wrong?" Because there's no way to buy it. Like, no one is losing money because, quite frankly, if someone owned it and there was a way to make money, they'd be making money with it. Yeah. Like, how hard would it be for Nintendo to go through and package all their old games individually with a Nintendo emulator that they made themselves and then packaged it? How hard would that be? Not hard. How much money would they make? Probably a lot. Yeah. Put it on freaking Steam. Yeah. You could put the thing on Steam... And then use their DLC feature to add games. And people would buy it like crazy. They would make a fortune. Yeah. They would make an absolute monstrous fortune. Yep. 
I mean, probably not as much as like say modern titles, but you'd be amazed at how many people. I mean, look at how much they sell Mega Man for. Good lord. Mm. See, if I well, was dude, Nintendo, if I was dictator for a day, you know what I would do? I would no. I would institute a uh, like a an online library where you can literally download anything like that. You like, and it wouldn't be copyright infringement because. You know what? Screw that. <laughs> but it would like you'd have the have the ability to like download old games that like have rights issues or or something like that, you know. And it would be curated uh, by librarians who love video games. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought that one through completely, but I think it's a cool idea. I've had, I've I've wanted to do that for a while, but I'm probably get in trouble. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I this this story kind of makes me upset because it's like these companies don't really think about what they're doing. They're just they're like upset about people downloading their games. It's like, well, if you sold your games, people would not have to download them. <sighs> what do you guys think about this? Do you think uh, Nintendo is in the right here? Do you think that they're they could do things better? Let us know on the forums forum.heavyelement.io. All right, so it's time for listener questions, Raven. It is. This is this is it cool. Is we haven't much. done listener questions for a while, so I'm pretty excited to get back to it. Um, the first question is from uh, Bjorn Svensson, and he says, When I tried out Manjaro, I was unable to get the graphics to work correctly. I had a line splitting... I had a line splitting the screen in half that always distorted the image when I tried to do something a little faster than crawling pace. Why is this wow, happening? I used an HP Omen with GTX 1060. So, um, you know, uh, so uh, Manjaro actually has a graphics driver utility. Um, on, in the command line, it's called uh, MHWD, and you can use that to install the proprietary drivers. Um, there's also there's a, also a system panel for it too. There is. Yeah. There's Thanks. also a system panel for it. And, uh, it's really nice. It's very simple. It's, I think it's easier to use than Ubuntu's honestly. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, see if that helps you. Um, I've never used a GTX 10, 8, 1060, uh, or and it, is an HP Omen a laptop. I think it is. I think so. Yeah. It could be that you have the dreaded, um, Bumblebee, you know, Optimus problem. Optimus, yeah. Which, admittedly, there's there's videos on YouTube you can look it up if you have issues running your 1060, like if you can only use your Intel. Uh, Manjaro actually has put in a lot of work, as has Nvidia, to get Prime working, and they actually have it working to where like, because like honestly, with like with with Linux and the dual graphics cards, if this is your problem, um, one of the big problems has always been like. You know, we've been able to get it to work, but it's always been one of those situations where, like, you have the Intel card on, and then when you want to switch, you run a command, and then you reboot the machine, and then you're now using the dedicated card, and that's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Especially when the whole point is to switch in real time, you know, without rebooting. Um, and NVIDIA's Prime system actually has a thing for that, but it never really works. Um, but NVIDIA's been putting out patches, particularly here lately, quite a bit in relation to it, and Manjaro actually works like manjaro has like an actual system someone has a youtube video of it working and it works like it actually works like every time if you follow the 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 steps that manjaro has in place 
it will work every single time for uh you know nvidia's optimus and all you, you don't even have to you, you do have to do something but you don't have to reboot i forget what you have to do you have to punch in a command in my leather chair sorry about that um <laughs> I'm very leathery um yeah so uh yeah so it's I, I would love i will try to find it and so we can add it to the show notes for you mm. i will i will do that just remind me to do that Gardner. so i because i want that to be in there because that is something that i would imagine is really annoying yeah. now if you just have a if you just have a dedicated machine like a like it's not a laptop you're not using the and you're not using integrated uh, i would just say that you're probably using uh the non-free drivers sorry you're using the free drivers so and that and that that always leads to problems. Mm. And I have a phone call, so I'm gonna answer this. You can go on to the next question. All right. The next question is from uh Tuxed Koo. Let's let's read that one here. Tuxed Koo says, uh since Librem 5 have two M.2 slots, can they be utilized for discrete GPU and fast storage? Uh I would imagine that they could be, but also like I, you know, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, it would be cool to be able to have like a dedicated, like a dedicated GPU that you dragged around with you for your, <laughs> uh, for your phone. But you would be sacrificing um, either your baseband or your Wi-Fi and your Bluetooth if you did that, because those that's what those slots are for. Um, yeah, some people I've I've seen some people using SATA devices. Uh, SATA device. Oh, actually, I gotta Google this. Can you use a discrete GPU on uh, M.2? Can you run a GPU off of M.2 slot? Eh, looks like it. You can, but yeah. I mean, what exactly could you use? There are no GPUs in an M2 slot that would work with the Librem 5. Right. So, yeah, it would be, you know, you'd have to have like drivers for it. and st- At best, at best, you could do NVIDIA. At best. Because NVIDIA actually has ARM drivers. Um, for like, you know, a Titan X or something? Uh, I don't know about a Titan X, but for some of their stuff, yes. yes why, they do. why wouldn't the open source driver for like a radeon card work uh because i don't think it exists like they've never can't, been like... compiled for arm they've never been compiled for arm hmm. like could they yes at least at the very least you wouldn't have to rely on uh on uh you know uh well yeah yeah you wouldn't have to rely on linux but or, uh, or or another company but yes there are uh there are arm drivers uh, for Linux, believe it or not, which is just mind blowing, and they do exist. Um, I don't know for which cards, so you know, that's because that's that's the really big problem, right? Yeah, like, I don't know which cards that they are, right? Um, so you'd have to figure that out, but and not all cards would be supported, but technically they do have them. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I don't know where you're going to get an M.2 NVIDIA graphics card, but isn't there like an adapter or no? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, you asked about fast storage. Yeah, you can probably use these for fast storage. Don't quote me. Oh on yeah, that. oh yeah, probably, definitely. Considering, 
all things, yeah, you could definitely probably, I would say, use them for fast storage. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to give up your baseband or your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to do it, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Choices, <laughs> sacrifices. Right. Yeah, you have to give up something in order to get more storage. But there's also SD cards that you can do decent, decently fast storage as well. And that has a SD card slot on it. Um, Mateo DC asks, any hope f- for Borderlands 3 on Linux? No. 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 Just, just let it go. It's not going to happen. I mean, uh, it's I also heard, not going to. Hmm? I heard that you can like get the Epic Store running through Lutris, but I don't give a crap to try that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> this is just yeah no unfortunately mateo i don't i don't think that's gonna happen um if it if it ever comes to steam then it might work through proton but i doubt if it comes to steam that the that the team will have like the momentum to actually port it natively to linux i doubt that um and then mac asks uh pertaining to linux gaming input lag in general in games specifically fighting games how far has linux come on that field uh, so input uh, lagging games. Um, I really haven't noticed a whole lot of input lag. What do you What do you think? No, no response. Uh, my My opinion on that is is if you're experiencing input lag, uh, from my experience, it doesn't exist any worse than Windows, no. uh, unless you're using Bluetooth. Don't use Bluetooth crap. No, Bluetooth is junk. Yeah, I, I tried to play. Um, <clears throat> I tried to play Dead Cells with a DualShock Four over Bluetooth. Huge mistake. Huge, huge mistake. There is a ton of input lag there. I, I wonder why <clears throat> I wonder why that is. Why is there input lag through Bluetooth on a desktop? It's not designed to be low latency. But, Dude, but yeah. they have Bluetooth if, for I mean it that's what they use in the PlayStation 4 and the and the Switch and stuff. Yeah, but it's 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 not the same. <laughs> okay. Also remember everyone is gonna be using that. So everyone has the same, you know law uh but it's kind of like they use a modified version of it with lower latency mm-hmm. okay so from my from from what i know they use a it's not straight up also on my like my android phone for example uh i i also have the problem where uh uh like if i hook my playstation 4 controller up to it to play like shadow gun legends the input lag is like literally like two seconds it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane whereas you know, if I hook it up straight through USB, no lag. So no. I have to hook it up through USB. It's just, it's just, Bluetooth is just not meant for that. It never was, and it never will be, it seems. Um, and yes, I do, I do realize that they use Bluetooth, but I think they use a slightly, I think they modified it, you know, the hardware and the software. So it works mm. differently when it's connected to their device, which is neat. You know, I don't know what they did, but it's cool that they lowered the latency of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I haven't experienced input lag. If you're experiencing it, don't use Bluetooth. Um, there might be some other like tweaks that you can do for NVIDIA cards, I believe, uh, where they have like the the buffering going on. Um, I don't think that's enabled by default though for your for your card. But uh, no. I, yeah, I haven't I haven't experienced a lot of that, so I can't really speak to that. Um, Yep. <laughs> uh, Raven, 
Yes. I think that's going to do it for this episode. I do as well. Thank you to everyone who asked questions. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted stories for this week's episode. Thank you to Raven for being here, my friend. It's it's a pleasure as always. Ah, uh, pleasure's all mine. Get another phone call. Hang on. <laughs> this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and we'll see this again soon. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do it? You want me to do it? Yeah, you can do it. Okay. I let you do it. People like your voice more. <laughs> they listen to me for the ramblings. They listen to you for the serious stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I like to believe. That's what I want to believe. Yeah. It, it, it uh, puts most of the burden on me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you saw through that facade. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Uh, good. Good to start off with a laugh. All right, here we go.